You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to talking Knicks. It's been a minute since we've spoken, but the Knicks haven't played basketball in over six months, so not missing much. But it's the off season. Off season's starting to pick up. I'm here with my good friends Tom and my brother Kenny, who's also my friend. Um, so let's talk Knicks. Tom and Kenny, we'll we'll start with the how are yous because it's been a minute. Tom, how you doing? What have you been up to? Hey, guys. Uh, I mean, nothing's new. Nothing's new in my whole world. Um, everything's the same since the last time I talked on this podcast. Kind of just uh, been working, been uh, been doing so much climbing. You guys wouldn't even believe it. I'm pretty much yeah. just like repeating my like, – I repeating, believe You do believe that. Um, I, I did yeah. – Kenny and I actually went and saw a stand-up comedian. There's the Connecticut uh, Comedy Festival going on here in Fairfield, Connecticut. And so Kenny and I went and saw Mike Birbiglia on Wednesday, last Wednesday, and uh, and had a great time. That was, that was a pretty fun thing to do. But I think that's like the most social thing I've done in just months. So, I don't know. That was neat. Yeah, he's a fan favorite as well with, with this crew, I believe. One of the first uh, stand-up comedians we all bonded over, I, th- I think. Maybe. That sounds true to me. Yeah, it was like... Two drink... He's up there. Two drink Mike. It was like him. Stand up special. Jim Gaffigan was up there. Pat Oswald was up Ch- there. Chappelle. Chappelle, probably. of course. Yep, Chappelle. Later on, uh, Bernie Mac. Yep, yep. But yeah, I'm, I, I may have, I'm, 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 I may have taken Kenny's thing, but that was that was my thing. <laughs> when saw some. All right, so I guess we don't need to know how Kenny's doing because I saw Kenny this weekend as well. So then me and you could just cover. Everything he that's been going on in his life. So, me and Kenny hung out this weekend. He was home. We went, shot around, and I was stroking it. To be honest with you, I was, I was hitting my shots. Uh, last couple times we played, I was not doing well. I'll, I'll say that I've lost a lot of games of horse and on the board, which we explained the rules one time. I was losing that game every every time. We played horse this time, and I, I swept Kenny three three to zero. So Kenny, how was your weekend? Kenny, can you defend yourself? Um, no, that's that's very much what happened. Uh, it feels a little bit like um, a Space Jam situation where someone stole my powers because I could not hit a single shot in any of the horse games. And it, it got really ugly, you know. But like to start out, we were you know just shooting around for a while. Uh, we started going like ten and ten. So I'd shoot ten, then Greg would shoot ten. And like I was shooting pretty well in the warm ups and then game time shows up, couldn't make a shot. And I was so couldn't. I was so bad during the warm ups. I was like standing in the same spot at like the elbow three and just brick after brick and I was telling Kenny, like, what the what the hell am I doing? What I'm so bad. You're right. And the game time showed up and 
Prime time. You're hustling them. And actually, the the three of us yeah. shot around was that two three weeks ago. I think three weeks ago, probably. Yeah, we all we all hooped together. That was fun. Um, yeah, I wasn't good then. You were good then, Tom. Thank you. I was fishing for that compliment, um, and it's true. I was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I think Tom. I think you and me played uh, like seven games of one on one, and I think I won one. Is that accurate? It may have been even more than that, but who's counting? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I won one game in the many games of one on one we played. So, I uh, I've got some rust to shake off, but you know, so I'll get back up there. I'll get. Yeah, we back got up nothing but time. Yeah, speaking of a team getting back up to form, let's talk about the Knicks. There's a there's maybe some hope this year. I mean, we got we got a few things to talk about. There's obviously a bunch of rumors in the off season. Are the Knicks going to trade for a an aging star? That's a that's an annual question we have to ask. Who are the Knicks going to draft? Um, what options are we going to pick up? That's new. That's a new question this year. We don't typically have that question. So, you know, let's get it started. Let's start with the options because that's what I I like the most. Um, so we got Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, and Taj Gibson. That's five people. All uh. All on options, all options for next year. Um, well, technically, Portis has an option, and the other four only have a million dollars of guaranteed salary. So it's like an option. So who do you guys want to bring back, and who do you want to not bring back? So I'll start with you, Tom. Well, it's a, it's a tough question to an extent because I guess part of me is wondering what's the alternative to bring in these guys back, you know, because the last thing I want to do is just run it back is just to take what we did last year in terms of the actual basketball product that we watched. Yes. The Knicks lost a lot of games, but it was also excruciating to watch the actual basketball. It was ugly and the, the team did not fit right in any way. So, you know, your knee jerk reaction is bring back as few of those people as possible, but then like I said, the question comes down to, so who else is out there? What else, what are the options? I don't, because I really don't really, I don't know what the kind of free agency landscape looks like at this point. And I think it's hard to know given the, the uncertainties around the cap and things of that nature. So I guess to answer your question, I don't know, bring back Alfred Payton as a backup point guard. That's it. I mean, that's, (laughs) You had anyone else you want to bring back? Bullock? The thing is, so my thing with Alfred Payton is it it worries me that Thibodeau will want to play him over Frank at point, over whoever the Knicks take in the first round, whether it's early or late. I have to imagine they're going to take a point guard. I'm going to be all in on developing those guys. I want the ball in R.J. Barrett's hands a lot. Alfred Payton's not playing off the ball in any way. So, I mean, if I could get a guarantee that he would be a backup and use this kind of like a, you know, a guy coming off the bench and maybe a sixth man type, I'd be okay with it. But I do worry about him, even him eating up minutes from some of these other guys I'm hoping to develop. So, I, you know, I can go either way on a lot of these guys as far as bringing them back or not. It just, it kind of depends. I'm, I'd imagine you guys probably have some stronger takes. Hmm. Yeah. You'd, I mean, you'd, be, my, you'd be surprised. Kenny. And Greg, uh, 
kind of tipped the hand earlier, but I think the obvious one is is Reggie Bullock, who um, got agreed to a a contract with the Knicks last year, and then he had uh, I think it was a back health issue with his back, and they renegotiated his contract so much so that the Knicks were able to sign their best player, which was Marcus Morris. Um, so his contract is just a very good contract. Like they're they're not paying him very much at all, which I think will be a flippable. You know they can flip that at some point for for some sort of asset. So I think he's a guy that you keep. And then uh, my hot take that I ran by you guys uh, previously is like I don't think that Wayne Ellington is as bad as he played at the beginning of last year, which was very bad. No, I, yeah, I mean it would t- it, it'd be tough to be that bad. Yeah, and the I sent I sent you guys the stat, but the 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 numbers that I sent you were the Ellington shot thirty point one percent from three on three and a half attempts in his first twenty four games, which were all before the trade deadline, and then after the trade let deadline, he shot forty one point seven percent on five attempts in the twelve games after the deadline. Small sample size on both sides, but like the forty the forty one point seven is closer to what he actually shoots in the thirty point one is less like what he actually does. So he's a guy that that if he figures it out before the trade dead, deadline this year, like if he figured that out, if those uh, numbers were reversed, then he was a guy we could have flipped at the deadline for something. Yeah, and I noticed the common thread there, Kenny, is you want shooting, which I think is something we say pretty much every single time we do this podcast. And obviously, yeah, Bullock is a, is a no-brainer at this point for, for what his number is. Um, he really was productive. He... He could shoot the ball. He uh, he could play a little bit of defense, and he's just like a good role player. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. He doesn't use up a bunch of possessions, but like he's good for for kickouts on on catch and shoot threes and things like that. Um, I don't know. Like Wayne Ellington was someone I was high on, and kind of it really was sort of embarrassing how he performed at the beginning of the season because I know you guys like to make fun of me for saying like Wayne Ellington would really be a a productive, positive player for the Knicks, but like you said, Kenny, after the uh, the All Star break, he did step it up in a small sample size. But still, I mean, I'm I'm down to bring back guys who can shoot, guys who are kind of low usage players. Um, but like again, we're going back to Alfred Payton real quick. I just I don't know who's going to be handling the ball if he doesn't come back. You know what I mean? And at least he's like a professional NBA point guard. And if the Knicks don't get one of those, this offense could potentially look even worse next year. Yeah, that's fair. He, he is when he's on the basketball court, he looks like he belongs there a lot of the time on the offensive and on the defensive end. So that is a positive. Like you said, there's so much uncertainty with the cap situation too. So that's that's part of it. So we got a part of it is wondering if the Knicks and Dolan are are just rich so they won't be affected by spending money next year while all these other teams are trying to cut back on salary if if the cap stagnates so we we could try to position ourselves to take on some some expiring contracts or some the bigger salary if we cut loose some of this money so is alfred payton worth eight million dollars i don't i don't know what eight million dollars is worth this year um i know bobby portis isn't worth 15 million dollars so he can he's even though he was technically our best three point shooter by percentage last season. Is that right? Just 
I'm, I think oh, that's right. God, I'm gonna claim. I'm gonna claim it's right. I feel like you told me that. I, I must have blocked that from my memory as soon he, as I said it. I I will say that I I was looking at the stats the other day and I think he shot a lot better than from three than uh than you think he did. Yeah. So. Like, you know, but he makes fifteen million dollars on his options, which is just too much for for him, especially with Julius Randle on the roster. So, Bobby's going. Taj, we got like a nine million dollar option. He's like the veteran guy you would want with Thibs there, Thibodeau. And uh, but is that worth nine million dollars? Is is the question? I don't. He obviously his production on the court. I think he averaged like six points. That's that's not worth nine million dollars, but is is having that veteran around worth nine million dollars? That's the question. So, I mean, you'd want Taj around for not nine million dollars. That'd be a, that'd be a no brainer. But the numbers come in. I I I I have no idea about Taj Gibson, especially since Thibodeau is the coach. So, Bullock, yes. Peyton, sure. Why not? Portis, no. Taj. I don't. I don't know. And who's the fifth? Maybe. Who's the fifth one? Well, and the thing just on Peyton, it does. It is contingent on some of the other moves the Knicks make, right? Like if they do sign Fred VanVleet, or if they do make a trade for Chris Paul, or any of these other big name free agents that we've heard floating around, who happen to be aging point guards. You know, yeah, some some yeah. of them are so old and injury prone that you might still need Alfred Payton on the roster. But it, no, I'm just saying it does depend on some of these other moves they make, obviously. But um, yeah, who, who was the last one? Yeah, who's the fifth one? The last one is the last Elling, one was Ellington. Ellington. Right. And he's a he's a no. It's gonna be a no for me, dog. Yeah. As as <laughs> as Randy Jackson said, my, my friend was on American Idol, so no big deal. <laughs> I've been on a backstage at American Idol concert, so no big deal. Big time. Where did that Where did that take deal. place? Where was that? Mohegan Sun. I had I had a. Uh, it, so it was the top ten people touring. I got nine of them to sign my ticket, but Casey James, I didn't get his autograph. <laughs> the one that one that <laughs> got away. Truly, you're just just missing out on that collectible item. That like, if you had all ten, that's that's millions of dollars right well, what's there. What's Casey yeah. James even doing um, now? You know, like. I've never even heard of. I don't know. The thing is, like, if I Google Casey James, that sounds like a common enough name that I'm not gonna. Ha- I'm not gonna find anything, and I'm not gonna Google him now because I'm just gonna believe that. And so I have a question for Tom. Again, nothing, nothing to do with the Knicks anymore. Now we're on to American <laughs> Idol. Um, but was was Dave kidding when he was talking about his friend at work? Having won American Idol and now working at an electrical distribution warehouse. He was not kidding. No, uh, he was. His name was hmm. Nick, Nick something uh, Italian last name. But yeah, he won American Idol. Pretty much, he was like while he was working at CDW, he won American Idol. Um, and yeah, that was not a joke. Hmm. So, Crazy. I'm sure he doesn't work there anymore. Nick Fradiani. That's his last name. Nick Fradiani. Um, he's. Oh, so I had the whole timing wrong. So he was working there. He won American Idol, and now he doesn't work there anymore. So yeah, it was Dave's friend from work. They were already friends, and then he won American. Yeah, he Idol. was like audition. He was like auditioning okay. while he was at CDW and, and doing that whole thing. And then, uh, and after he won, I don't. I believe he left that electrical distribution company and um 
And yeah, I think he's. I think he still sings. All right. I get you. I yeah, get, that makes a lot more. I, I can picture in the boss right now going, "Not again." <laughs> when he says he's. Yeah, he's like not not giving them the time off. But <laughs> not. Uh, no, no, I meant like someone else quit because they want American Idol. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Another CDW employee <laughs> off to lost Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That that makes that makes a lot more sense. Would. Than what I thought, which was he went he won American Idol and then went back to working there. Yeah, I mean, you never know. That's probably what Casey James is doing. <laughs> but he didn't win. So back to the Knicks and our uh, next topic. I've had enough of the options. It's 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 too hard to say, especially what's what's money worth anymore in, in the NBA. No one knows. And with that. There's some bloated contracts that the Knicks might consider taking if if a if a star an, or a or a has been star comes along with them. So I mean we've talked about the rumors of of Chris Paul, but now we got rumors of of Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo. So what do you guys think about either of those people and what you would be willing to give up for them? Uh, Kenny, um, Kenny, you can. I told go. you guys. Yeah, I told you guys. I have absolutely no desire to take on Russell Westbrook, not because he's not a good player, but because he is, I assume, about to start a precipitous decline. Because he's his entire game is based off of athleticism, and that doesn't last that well. Um, and also, he isn't going to, you know change the trajectory of the Knicks. Like they'll they'll be better for a few years. They'll be maybe an eight seed in the East, maybe a seven seed, but they're not gonna be, you know, a championship contender. And I think that they would want to actually get something from us, which is weird. Cause I do not want to give up any young pieces for uh for, you know, a this is what they've done all the time, you know? Uh picking up a big name that gets makes them a little better but doesn't have like a good projection for the the long term. Yeah, so he's got like a similar contract to Chris Paul with an extra year on the end of it. So it's big. It's a lot of money. I think he's making like forty seven million in that last year. So that's a lot of it's a lot of cake. It's a lot of quiche. A lot of quiche. Tom, I'm gonna assume you have similar thoughts on Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I wish I could go full skip Bayless here and and pretend otherwise, but I mean, it would be just ridiculous. For, I, I don't know if you guys saw, like, Bleacher Report had a, an article going around where the Knicks' proposed trade was giving up just an absurd number of assets and players for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. It was like, I think it included R.J. Barrett. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I think it was, like, R.J. Barrett and, like, the Mavs pick and Frank Nielakina and just – a ridiculous trove of, of assets. And it's just like, is this, is this what people are putting on the internet now? It's, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't even, I, I don't think based on what we know about like Leon Rose, which isn't a lot, but I, I just, I can't imagine that, that front office going all in on Russell Westbrook. It's just not the right time. He's not the right player. It's not a good fit. It, it wouldn't make any sense at all. This is, this is the first thing we're going to do, make a name for ourselves. Yeah. Going to go get Russell Westbrook. Like the worst yeah. shooter 
maybe in NBA history. I think I think his last season he was like the worst three point shooter on a vol on high volume in NBA history. Yeah, I think it was between him and Barkley, and I assume he won by losing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Russell Westbrook's a no. It's gonna be a no from us, dog. <laughs> it's gonna be my new. It's gonna be a new, my I, new catch I, line. I, I told you guys that I would take Russell Westbrook if they gave us assets back, which I don't think is well, their they, plan. With they Russell definitely Westbrook. won't, man. Like if you look at how they were, yeah. how Russ was playing, um, sort of in the well, after the All Star break, but before the bubble, he was putting up huge numbers, right? And he was extremely efficient because he was shooting most of his shots from two and you know didn't he did he make an all nba team this year he he might have he might have he was he was good this year during the regular season he was good i mean he fell apart yeah. in the bubble completely but granted he also contracted covid and like had that um you know that time away from basketball trying to get better so i think he was also i think he was also injured yeah, injured plus COVID. I mean, things did not go his way, but at the same time, he's just—he's not the the type of player that's going to be able to carry offenses, carry like efficient offenses, and he's not going to help develop some of these young guys. I don't think you know he's—he's he's just so ball dominant. He's so high usage that the you know the entire team will have to revolve around him, and that's kind of not where you want to be if you're trying All to right. develop R.J. Barrett and guys like that. So if you're trying to, speaking of young guys who Russell Westbrook didn't help develop, Victor Oladipo is the other option <laughs> behind the curtain. So Victor Oladipo is on an expiring deal, making about $20 million. But he also missed most of last season. Um, so I think 2018, he was just, that was, that was after they lost to the Cavs and seven in 2017 i think and he then he came back and he was firing he was a he was a stud in 2018 i think they lost to the Cavs again that year and then uh he came out firing again the next season then he just got it they're very injured I, th- I don't i don't remember what happened to his quad maybe that sounds true-ish so that's what <laughs> i'll say um so then he missed most of last season um and the Pacers just they went along without him happily. And they they were the five seed. Oh, they were the four seed. The Heat were the five seed. With limited contributions from Oladipo. And so now he's expendable in, in their eyes. And they're a small market team. They're probably almost definitely thinking about getting rid of him. I, I think. So what's what's someone gotta get, give to them? Well, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you're right. He did. He ruptured his quad tendon in his right knee, which is a pretty devastating injury. And he was a super athletic, fast guy who who did rely on athleticism, similar to Russ. Um, he's only 28 years old, but at the same time, it, it's just this sort of thing reeks of like the Knicks going in on a guy who is past his prime and, and is coming off an injury and we're just not really sure. I I would be very hesitant to be the one to give Oladipo his next contract. And and all the reports out there right now say he's expecting, he's seeking a max contract with his next deal. I mean, maybe there will be a team who is willing to roll the dice and give him that. I don't think the Knicks should be that team. I think it's too big of a gamble. 
you know, I would if if the last we saw of Oladipo like in the bubble was a, a positive last impression, I would maybe give it a second thought while still leaning no. But based on what we saw last, it's just I, I don't think we could give that to him in good conscience. Yeah. So last season he played nineteen games and averaged. 14.5 points, 3.9 rebounds, and 2.9 assists. So, not max numbers, you would say. But small sample size. But he was also injured the most of the year before. So, he's, he's got a lot of things going against him in this in this max con- contract uh, conversation. Kenny, what are you thinking? Over yeah, there? and I'd, I, I agree with all of that. Um, I just think we have yet to see him return to form after the injury. Um, so I'd be hesitant to give up anything of value. But, I mean, I'd take a flyer on him if they wanted limited assets. Again, I don't know what they're what they're looking for. But if they wanted limited assets, like, it's if and it's ex- an expiring deal, like, I'd do it, see what he has, and then go from there. But I'm not going to mortgage the future for, for Victor Oladipo. And if you're the Pacers, like you probably want some some legitimate assets. I I don't think you'd do it for just some filler, you know, and like they can they can have DSJ. Exactly, yeah. Did you give him DSJ in the Clippers pick? Absolutely. No, absolutely, Maybe. but I think that that gets you laughed out of the room in Indiana. But then they're kind of just laughing to themselves. Yeah. And like they're the only ones laughing at their joke, they're, but I, I don't think yeah. there's any way but, that we would see eye to eye with uh, with Indiana uh, in terms of Oladipo's value. I just don't think that happens. But Oladipo does, hasn't he been saying he wants out, and they don't really want to pay him, and like he doesn't really have a place on the team anymore. So I got I mean, I, I could be overstating what I've what I've read, but I feel like he is on the way out one way or another. It feels like that. I think he said that he didn't say that, but it, it, I think enough people have said that he did say it. So who, who are we going to believe, you know? Yeah, and I, I just wonder what the Pacers value, you know. Yeah. Do they do they think that Oladipo is going to be more helpful to them winning games this upcoming season than whatever the Knicks would give them? Um, and is that added value worth just letting him walk versus getting an asset in return i mean maybe you know it depends i i really don't know i can't really get into the pacers head i don't really watch enough of them or you know is sabonis healthy um what are they doing miles turner i have no idea what this pacers team is gonna look like next year but i think that's kind of the the mental calculus they're doing yeah, and another part of it is again, like, what's this cap situation going to look like when it, if it stagnates? Because uh, another one of their better players last year was Jeremy Lamb, and he tore his ACL pretty late in the season, so he's probably not going to be available for most of next season. I mean, I don't know when next season's even starting or when it's ending, so I shouldn't say that. But he's not going to be available for a portion of next season, and that's another thing that people have been speculating on the internet. Um, is maybe they want to dump Lamb, who has been, who is, you know, is injured currently and has a, not a small contract, not a huge contract, but a size, like a decent sized contract. So if, if they could dump his contract with uh, Oladipo, maybe that's a way to, to even out a deal. Dumping your second best player to get rid of your best player would 
I mean, that's it's an old Knicks favorite. Yeah. I mean, obviously those aren't their their best player or their second best player, but neither were Shumpert and J.R. Smith. And that's the that's the parable. Per- parable. Uh, parable. I mean, para- parable. Parabola. Is that the right? Parabola. Anal- is analogy? Is is uh is parable work there? I don't think so. Yeah, sorry, everybody. I think it's the analogy. What a lot of people it's don't realize analogy. about Victor Oladipo is he's also a very strong and uh, enthusiastic singer. Um, and actually, in a lot of ways, similar to Casey going- James. Um, oh, Victor Oladipo was on The Masked Singer for a season. <laughs> he, they took the head off, and it was Victor Oladipo under there. I was watching We're it the last, bringing it- last Wednesday, and... Uh, it was like a a guy doing a puppet. He was like a an alien, so he was doing a puppet thing as he sang. And so people were like, That's "Impressive." Maybe it's Jeff Dunham. Maybe it's someone else. And it was Mark Sanchez. No way! Something <laughs> new from the Jets. And I was like, "Well, that's pretty crazy." I didn't think Mark Sanchez. First was singing and second doing the, the like the puppet thing pretty well, like pretty like he was just doing it. Do you, and it was Mark Sanchez. Do you think if you picked up a puppet that you'd actually like be able to pass as a puppeteer? I mean, I don't know how long he was practicing for. I, I guess no, I don't think I would. I mean, other than look, like, kind of with a sock when you're yeah, like, like a, that. a hand puppet. Maybe that is what it I was. I could do a hand puppet, but while you're singing. And performing on stage, it, it, it's all coming down to it. But I guess when you're the Sanchez, you could do anything. Yeah, didn't he take? Was he the one who took ballroom dancing, or was that Liner? That sounds like Liner, actually. Yeah, that's that's a Liner thing. Uh, yeah. Damn, I was gonna say he's he's used to performing on stage and doing the dancing, but wrong quarterback. I don't think Tom knows that. I think he's just saying that. Well, you got to be decisive on these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the Knicks are going to have to be decisive with their trade decisions. And let's let's do another transition. They're going to have to be decisive in the NBA draft when they pick people. And I'm not going to ask you guys who you want them to pick. I'm going to ask what you what you want them to pick. So we got three picks. And what do you want to end up with in rookies after this draft is over? Like a... Obviously, you want three superstars, but we're not going to get that. So, wing three and D, ah. three and D backup point guard, and a flyer on an athletic person or a Euro draft and stash with that second round pick, maybe. So, those are those are just hypotheticals, but they may also be my answer. So, what are you guys thinking, Tom? We'll go. We'll go back to you first. Well, you said a backup point guard. Why not shoot for the stars and, and go for the starting point guard? Who's the starting point guard? Yeah, that's fair. I'm, but I'm just picturing you're, you don't want to really pick your starting point guard at 27. But I guess you could get a, a player of like Aaron Holiday was picked in the 20s, I think. So hopefully someone like that. Have the eight, to, uh, falls. Have the eight pick. Yeah, too. so are you kind yeah, of. That's true. I was just saying, are you kind of punting on the idea of taking a point guard at eight? Um, I don't know. Obviously, LaMelo Ball is kind of supposed to be the franchise point guard who will most likely be taking bef- taken before that. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I really expect the Knicks to, to move up in this draft. I think we've all talked about this draft being 
kind of more of a crapshoot than most drafts in the past. There's not a lot of uh, what we'd call like super high ceiling superstar potential players in this draft. But, you know, just, just to throw some names out there, some, some point guards, some potential starting point guards who may be there at eight would be like a Killian Hayes out of France or a Tyrese Halliburton out of, was it Iowa? Yeah, the Iowa, State. The Iowa, State, Iowa State, State. I want to say. Um, and then, the, then there are even guys who, if the Knicks were to trade down a few spots, um, and try and get some more assets, there's the point guard out of well, kind of a point guard out of Kentucky, Tyrese Maxey. He kind of played a lot of off guard as well. Um, but I, I think there will be some some point guard options sitting there at eight. I don't. I mean, Greg asked kind of a broader question of what we'd like to see. I have been watching a fair amount of tape of prospects, and I'd been kind of just homing in on uh, Devin Vassell, the guy who I called out way at the beginning, just because I knew he was a three and D guy. Tell him but what happened, I, Tom. I gotta say, this past week, the the video leaked of Vassell getting shots up in an empty gym, and uh, it was it was an ugly. Ugly looking thing, his jump shot. It, I mean, he was taking pretty deep threes. They were a little probably beyond NBA range. And he's a very skinny guy, so he doesn't have a ton of strength. But he was just his release point. He would bring the ball back so far above his head that it was just like his elbow was adjacent to his ear. And he would just launch these things. It was like a slingshot. I don't really know who to even. I saw some people on Twitter just um, comparing it to Michael Red's jump shot. But I don't even know about that. It was it was not pretty. It didn't look like a shot that could work in the NBA as terms of like a quick release or an off the dribble thing. Like I don't know how that would work. So that was really dispiriting for me to watch because I watched a lot of tape of Vassell and I didn't really ever think of his jump shot as as being that way. It looks like it just straight up looks like he's changed it in the off season. Like he's altered it in some way, and that is extremely worrisome. So um, in, to some degree it's kind of like a back to the drawing board thing as far as who i want with this number eight pick yeah yeah and so so i'll answer greg's question because tom didn't um i want what i want is people who can shoot the basketball people who can play defense and people with high floors and what i mean by that is people who can like actually play basketball and stay on a court so it's like high basketball um, IQ, I like, think, is maybe a way to put it. Because I know that's something I'm looking for, for sure. Yeah, just I mean, just general NBA-level guys. Like, I don't need them to be stars. I just need them to be able to function on an NBA basketball team. And, like, my first thought on the NBA Knicks is the type of guy, or on the New York Knicks, of the type of guy that I'm thinking of is a, a guy like Damian Dotson, who, for whatever reason, hasn't played much. But when he plays, he's shown that he can be an NBA player. So like a guy like that, but maybe he plays more, you know? Yeah, I don't know how many more Dotsons we need just because he's a guy who like barely gets minutes on a really bad team. That's. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying that Dotson is is of a level that he could be an NBA player. Like uh, I think Greg's old test was like, could he get minutes on on the Spurs? And like that's the kind of guy you want—a guy who who can play NBA basketball, doesn't need to be a star, but just just you know plays a role and does his job. It's a good test. I think getting a guy like Dotson at twenty-seven would be a huge win, 
with this eight pick, I do kind of want to, I just got, I have loftier goals. I want it to be someone who's legit, someone who's going to be a, a very good, a strong starter on this team. I mean, maybe not right away, but I, I don't know. I, one of these days, the Knicks have to connect with one of these picks. You know what I mean? They With Neil Aquina and Knox and, I mean, Jerry's still out on Barrett, but there have been consistently been guys taken afterward who have flourished. You know, often that's a combination of their situation, but it's also a, a testament to their ability, their skill, and their talent. So the Knicks just have to scout and draft the right guy just one time, and uh, I, I'm really hoping it's this year. Yeah, I'll go. Kind of go into against what you were saying before about you know point guards is I don't know if the New York Knicks is the best situation for a young developing point guard to come into and you know try to develop it, unless it's a home run it's it's going to be tough for for any point guard just because there's so much scrutiny and there's so much you know general negativity with being on the New York Knicks that it's it's hard to develop so I'm I'm of the opinion more of getting you know just wings and guys who can shoot and then hoping that uh you know in the future we can we can get a point guard through free agency or a trade or something like that or just let rj barrett run it you know yeah i think you got to swing for the fences with the the eight pick so i don't know what that means best available player i know kenny said uh high floor i'm looking for high ceiling there at that eight pick like like tom said you got to hit eventually it's like the uh, the process. They picked so many bad people with those top picks, but they got Embiid and Simmons, and they, they you know that hasn't worked out as well as they would have liked. But last year they were good. They they were one of the better teams in the NBA. So just keep swinging until we hit. I think with that eight pick, um, then yeah, you know. like I will say, there were there were guys who I've been a little hesitant about because maybe their their jump shots not as good. I know Isaac Okoro is someone who out of Auburn who has been brought up a lot and who, by a lot of reports, the Knicks seem to really like, and he he does bring a lot to the table. He's he's a big wing. He's super physical. He's very athletic. Um, he's he's a fluid athlete. And he's a he has a really high motor and basketball IQ. Like he he is a strong passer and playmaker. Um, he can even run some pick and roll. the The biggest knock about him is his shooting. Um, I know his shooting stats were very poor. I I think his free throw percentage was also bad, which is usually a good indicator of um, of shooting development potential. So I know in Kenny's book, like a someone who can't shoot is kind of just a, a non-starter. And I've been there, but after seeing Devin Vassell's shot, I'm just kind of leaning more towards whoever I think is going to be a good basketball player. Um, and I, I think Okoro, I've been like leaning closer and closer towards Okoro, uh, just watching him play. And then even Halliburton, who who shot, who like frankly, NBA draft Twitter seems to really dislike at this point. I, I it looks like. A lot of mock drafts are high on him. A lot of NBA scouts seem to be high on him, but kind of more of the niche NBA draft Twitter is very low on him. They don't think his shot looks good enough. It won't. It won't translate. You can't pull up and shoot. There's like no versatility to his jump shot. But 
I mean, he's just a guy who you look at his stats; they're they're super impressive. Like he, he's averaging like 16 points, something like five boards, six assists, um, shooting 42 percent on threes from a high volume. It's like this is a guy who's been successful at every level of basketball in his career, and he seems to be super high character. It, it seems like someone who can who can actually fit. Um, with with a current NBA team, so I don't know, guys. Basically, I was all in on Devin Vassell, and kind of kind of would have been upset with regardless who else if they took someone else. But at this point, I'm like, I'm open to nearly anybody. Give me a Coro, give me Halliburton, give me, uh, you know, Hayes. K- Killian Hayes. Thank you. Um, I'm super high on Kira Lewis Jr., Tyrese Maxey. I'm I'm I've become more flexible on it as long as I think they have a, a high ceiling. I. And I will say we should we should preface this by the Devin uh, Vassell video was two shots in you know we don't know the circumstance. Uh, I know sometimes um, in in shooting drills they have the the player over exaggerate some aspect of it so they can get a feel for it. Um, so we don't. I mean the fact that we haven't heard anything since then makes you potentially question it a little more. But we don't know for sure that that's that his jump shot is broken. Uh, it's it's two shots, but we've got nothing else to talk about, so we can talk about that. Um, but I do agree with you on on Halliburton. I think I was uh, we had this conversation a while ago that I'm really high on his passing ability. You know, I watched some of his highlights and and some of the, the reads that he makes and some of the the passes that he makes are are just very impressive. Uh, his jump shot is weird, um, but it went in. So you know, at some point, that's got to count for something. Uh, but I, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you that there's no one that you know truly excites me a ton that I really want them. Uh, so you know, it it's at the point where I'm happy trading down and you know taking any number of these guys in the the mid to late teens, uh, and then you know hopefully getting another asset with that. Yeah, and sorry just to jump back for a second. So Mark Sanchez was he the baby alien ha- <laughs> had an arm, so it wasn't just a sock puppet. I was just thinking about that for a second. So he was it was like legit puppeting, puppeteering. So, but I mean, I'm down to trade back for sure. That, that's that'd be a good idea. I I don't I really don't I don't know I don't, I, I don't know because you know if who wants to trade up in this draft is the other part of it. If if we are we are so unsure of who number eight is and how far would we be willing to trade down we we want to trade down without losing anything pretty much and that other team would be trading up without gaining anything on the other end of that trade so it's it's a tough situation it's with a with a very suspect draft um but so i'm swinging for the sense fences as eight I'm going safe at 27. I don't know. I'm trying to get the 3 and D guy there or the backup point guard there. Again, I don't know who the starting point guard is. So maybe that backup point guard, like a Trey Jones, like a Kira Lewis Jr., he may not be there. He probably won't be there at that point in time. But, you know, just a, a person like that who's who's filling in the, uh, the Tyus Jones or the Monte Morris role as a backup point guard. Yeah, you know who I've seen a lot of Nick's Twitter be uh, excited about for that pick is is a guy named Grant Riller. Have you guys heard of him out of out of Charles the College of Charleston? No. Is he a bucket He's, getter? So he played all four years senior at College of Charleston. He is a bucket getter. He averaged 
the last two seasons in a row, he averaged 22 points per game. Um, I mean, he shoots shoots fairly well from three, 36.2% from three on four attempts per game. Um, and then from free throw, he's shooting almost seven free throws a game at 83%. So, I mean, it, that indicates he's probably a pretty strong shooter. Um, I, I'd imagine his threes, I mean, he's taking so many shots for this team. He's probably taking some pretty high-level difficulty threes. I bet defense is really keying up on him. Um, he's a smaller kind of off-guard, though. He's 6'3", 190 pounds. So he kind of – I feel like he's kind of like one of those Monte Ellis types, uh, like a small shooting guard, which isn't great. But, I mean, drafting at 27, you know, I don't know what else yeah. you're really expecting at that point, you know. What are, what, are, what are the assists that he's putting up with those 22 points? Yeah, so it's points. 22 points, five boards, four assists. So that's pretty good, too. I mean, I didn't watch College for Charleston play, so I'm just going but you, off sheer numbers, which Julius Randle has shown me that you shouldn't do sometimes. But but you'd imagine a lot of those College of Charleston guys were missing shots, right? Yeah. So maybe those assist I mean, numbers should have been higher. Yeah, or maybe they made it every single time. He passed it to them, so they should have been lower. There's no way for us to know <laughs> without checking the tape. Hmm. So I'm, I will say that that uh, what I heard on Halliburton was pretty much that his assist numbers would be much better if he had better teammates. Like he made incredible passes, and then his teammates were not uh, top caliber. So there's something happens to the best of us. Yeah, man. I mean, Halliburton to, was. No, I mean. He's impressive. He's big. He's at 6'5", um, super skinny. They have him listed 175 pounds at 6'5", which is just rail thin. Um, but, I mean, that's a, I mean 6'5 is a good size for your point guard, and I think he can also play off ball. You know, he is he would be a good catch-and-shoot guy. I don't know. It, I, I'd imagine that, like, player development guys could fix his shot or make it so that he would be a good, clean catch-and-shoot player. Um, but I, I do get the impression that he's just kind of a winner. So that's, I, I, part of me just wants to sort of zig when everyone else is zagging because Halliburton's just been completely sort of criticized. And, um, I don't know. I, I think he could be good. So I'm with you there, Kenny. Sounds good to me. And I, I mean, with that second round pick, I'm laying out my plan. Uh, swing for the fences. Mm. Get your backup point guard, point guardish. If we didn't already pick a point guard with that earlier pick, but even 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 then, I guess you know point guard three and D with that twenty seven pick. Then with with the second round pick, lotto ticket. Always just do do whatever you want with the second round pick. Swing for the fences or just uh, pick a European person and have them come over and two years when they're the best player in the NBA. Like a Jokic or something. So we should just try to pick like a Jokic or like yeah. a Draymond Green yeah, in the second round. Tony pa- A Jokic type. Tony Parker or Ginobili. I don't, I don't know. Something like that, I guess. I'd take it. Where was uh, Mitchell Robinson drafted? What number? He was early second round. I want to say he was like 32. 36. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, those, those are two different numbers. Right, but, like, second rounder, I think that the Knicks, they've shown they can they can get these guys. Their best player. I mean, maybe their second, yeah, second best they player. Can, they can only get these guys in the second round. 
36. I was right with my second. Not guess. My second answer. Um, it's not a guess. One guy that uh, I, I've grown to like on NBADraft.net is Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. The guy's just like a, a freak athlete, posted stats. But I guess uh, scouting reports and big boards don't love him as much as I do based on the the five-minute highlight and stat line I looked at. But he's just like a, a beast. And, you know, maybe they think that uh, people in the NBA are bigger, so you can't just bully them. But I'm not. Hmm. I think he's one of those guys who just has, has grown man strength, like a Draymond Green, where he's just a beast. So it's pretty, based on very little knowledge of the person. Pretty, I'm, pretty I'm young. Him. Pretty young to have that grown man strength, especially if you ask Jake. He he feels like there's like a sort of an an age cutoff. <laughs> We'll have to get him on here next week and ask him about that. We will. I'm sure he won't be doing anything. World Series is going to be over soon enough, and Jake and BBD will be back. So, I mean, Who needs him? Is there anything else we really need to talk about? I'm, I'm, I mean, Tom, you've been doing a lot of research. Do you want to talk more about the draft prospects? I mean, you've talked about a bunch of them already. But. Yeah, one guy I'll, I'll bring up is Tyrell Terry. I know I've texted you guys about him he's uh the he's a pretty small guard out of stanford um i see they list him here at 6'1 160 but all the twitter buzz was that he put on like 15 pounds of straight muscle um i mean he had a pretty small frame so i don't know how that would look on him but he was so as a freshman he averaged 15 points per game um three assists four and a half boards which is a lot of boards for how small he is but the most impressive thing was he was taking five threes a game, shooting about 41% on those five threes, and then 89% from the free throw line. I mean, this guy was just a pure shooter. I mean, I don't want to sit here and make like Steph Curry comparisons because that's ridiculous, but the types of shots he was taking were off the dribble. They were deep threes. Um, it just it looked awesome. Like I was shocked to hear that he was projected to go so low in the draft, and we that's when we were talking like those mid to late teens is kind of where I'm, I'm seeing him on a lot of mock drafts. So if the Knicks were going to trade back, like you said, who's going to want to trade up, we don't know. But maybe someone falls in love with a, an Okoro or a Killian Hayes if he's available. And if you think that Tyrell Terry is better than Killian Hayes, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I haven't done nearly enough research to make that assertion, but this guy can shoot the heck out of the ball. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. And if that's what we want, go get him. I, I, I really liked him. Sounds like a like a Trey Young, Steph Curry hybrid, which I guess we can settle for with uh with our <laughs> number eight pick. Yeah, I think both of later. both those guys. I know you're joking, but both those guys are like elite elite passers, and I don't really get the impression that that this dude that Terry is a elite passer. I think he's just fine, like a fine passer, but I mean. He's a point guard. He's a really good shooter, and uh, if he's really put on 15 pounds of muscle, then that's that's you know says something about his work ethic too. So, um, yeah, is Steph Curry an elite elite passer? I, I think he Kenny. is. I think he's a very good passer. Yeah, he's probably probably up there. Wow, like who's who would be ahead of him? I'm gonna look at his assist numbers and base it only off of that. 
Let's find out, everybody. Who's right, Greg? Well, I, I don't think his assist numbers Tommy were Penn. like. Uh, I don't think they were like above eight at any point. I think they were probably in that six and a half, seven range. But I mean, you have to remember a lot of the offense was also run through Draymond, um, who's also a, a top tier passer for his position. Um, a lot of the offense was run through Durant for those couple of years, and he was certainly racking up some assists as well. So. Um, but if you like look back at at tape of of Curry at Davidson or anything, he's a he's a very special passer. I think much better than maybe he's giving credit for. But um, let me think. That's fair. He's he's he averages six point six in his career, which is good enough for me to to accept you guys as saying he's an elite elite passer. Which I wouldn't typically, but then Tom brought up the Draymond point and the Durant point. I'm I'm willing to accept it because he peaked at 8.5 assists per oh, game wow. one season, which which is enough for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think there of other go. guys who I'd be into the Knicks taking. Um, and I, I don't know. I I did hear some uh, some talk about a a different Kentucky guard, so not Tyrese Maxey. Um, their their second, they kind of had like a three headed point guard trio going on. Kind of remind me of like what Villanova used. To, what Villanova used to do? Kenny four four guards. Used to do four guards after Curtis Sumter got hurt, so they didn't have a big, so they went four guards. Yeah, so I think it was Emmanuel Quickly, may have been the guy that I saw the the Knicks talking about. Um, and watching tape of, I, I was mostly watching for Tyrese Maxey. But quickly, really jumped out. Like this guy was, I mean, super fast and very aggressive. You know, Maxi was uh, a freshman this past year. Quickly was a sophomore, and it just kind of showed that he was super comfortable on the floor. Sometimes Maxi was a little more tentative, and uh, and quickly was was very assertive. So, um, as far as like a second round pick, I, I heard some talk about him in the second round, and I, w- I mean, if you can get a Kentucky guy in the second round, just do it. Because they're always good. Hmm. There's a reason they went to Kentucky. This guy was one of Kentucky's best players. Just go, go get him. That sounds. And I think it, just one name that that I want to throw out there that I, I heard on I think it was Chad Ford's podcast. Uh, he was talking up big uh, for the the second round is Paul Reed out of DePaul, and basically he said he's. Uh, He's probably the best defensive player in the draft, according to according to Ford. And um, wow, you know, this season he regressed in shooting, but last last season he shot forty percent from three on limited attempts. Um, although he shot uh, a decent clip from the from the free throw line, and he's also just a beast on the boards. So this past season he averaged ten point seven rebounds in thirty one point seven minutes. So like he's a he's a guy that can fill it up and do all the little things. Like he's not going to be a star, but he can do you know the rebounding. He can play defense. He has the potential to be able to be a, a decent shooter, and uh, that that'd be a big pickup in the second round. Yeah, I'll have to look into him. I I'm not familiar with him. Paul, Paul Reed. Reed, DePaul, the brother from DePaul. The other guy who I haven't really talked about so much, but I know I mentioned him earlier, is Kira Lewis Jr., the the point guard out of Alabama, I believe. Um, He's just a, a freak athlete, just so fast with the ball in his hands. Like he really popped off the screen when I was watching. Like he's just 
explosive with the ball. He gets to the rim. He finishes. Um, he's not like an above-the-rim player. He kind of finishes around the basket, but he can seem to get into the paint whenever he wants. I think the knock on him is his defense, but I again, I'm not that worried about point guards defense especially with defensive anchors like uh mitchell robinson and kevin knox no um and, wh- and whoever's back there for the knicks but um no kira lewis jr was someone who i i think i've seen him projected to go kind of in that 10 11 12 13 range um so eight might be a reach for him but i don't know uh, again same situation as before if if he's your guy just be willing to take him, right? If Donovan Mitchell was your guy, even though he's not projected to go into a lower, just go and should have gone and got him. You know, so it doesn't really hmm. these mock drafts, and especially this year when there was no NCAA tournament to go on, and you know, it's just it's been such a mess. I just don't feel like these mock drafts should really be dictating where we take guys. It should be based on who interview, who interviewed well who who jumps off the, the <laughs> tape for you who who comes in and plays well I'll also say that the mock drafts are all over the place yeah so mock drafts are they don't know either everywhere you can really only trust nbadraft.net <laughs> the best website <laughs> yeah but I mean the big boards from everybody are, are all over the place I mean like you guys said people got wise men falling down to low 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 in the top 10 but when I'm seeing other people are pretty much positive he's going to be a top three pick, which is I'm I'm in that that camp of people. So we'll see if I'm right or if one of the random people who just decided that he wasn't is right. So so I don't know. Is there, is there anything else we need to to catch on catch up on on Nick's world? I'm sure we'll get some more thorough player analysis going as we get closer to the draft, which is coming up November 18th, I think. So that'll be something tentatively. That'll be good. That'll be good to talk about. For sure. And nothing else and though. And we're and we're <laughs> done. So we're done. So that'll be it for us. Um just had fun time. Good talking next with you guys yeah. and the Knicks will be back again someday. So go Knicks. Next tape.